0: and in your supply chain. Welcome back, Let's Talk listeners. This one is a little different than anything I've done before because this is part two of the episode that we're talking to Sapna and Julie about blockchain. If you missed part one, make sure to go back and listen to uh, season two, episode 15. And that's at letstalksupplychain.com or on your iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher apps um, we talk a lot about, um, we introduce you to Sapna and Julie, and we start the discussion on blockchain. We talk about, you know, what blockchain is, why there's so much hype about it, and what it means for your business and supply chain. So remember to go and check that one out, um, maybe before you listen to this episode, but there is so much information on this. Sapna and Julie are amazing and provide so many good tidbits for you that I needed to split this into two episodes. Otherwise, this episode would have been over an hour, and I know how precious your time is. So let's get right back into it, and we're talking about blockchain. Remember, this is part two. Um, The first part of this episode and interview is episode 15, so go and check out that episode. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say.
1: How long does it take you to get a duty rate or guidance on the right HS classification from your current customs broker? With Border Buddy's new revolutionary self service technology, you will never go traditional again. We have created a platform that allows you to get instant quotes on duties, taxes, and customs fees to import your products into North America. To get 10% off your first clearance, sign up at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain.
0: So recently on uh, some episodes, I've been talking about supply chain, especially on the logistics side, being extremely siloed. Um, it hasn't been common practice in the industry on the logistics side for companies to work together. And I think that for me personally, I mean, you guys sort of tell me because you're the experts, but I think that blockchain is going to help change that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to just um, create that trust without anybody really having to do anything. Um, and, it's going to change it on its head. I think it's going to put its on it, put it on its head, and change the industry. What do you guys think?
2: Definitely, because of that shared information, a lot of us like to hold data near and dear to us. <laughs> but this is now across the board. Everyone gets a chance to see um, the data and what's uh, actually happening along the supply chain.
1: Yeah it's kind of really crazy like it's if you think about it, if you get if you receive cash on delivery at a location then this product will trigger a supplier to create a new item so you know as you said you know supply chain is usually very heavy paper-based systems, silos, you know, information is, you know, golden. So whatever, you know, and then they actually have a process for, you know, check the checker as well on top of that. So it just increases that lost time, the fraud time, all those different pieces. Now this is going to enable that you can actually have all the people on the on the chain all parties on the chain to see all the different pieces of the puzzle where things are in the system and it's going to automate all those tasks and uh, payments and it may even trigger some tasks to be done in parallel that has never been able to be done before yeah i was going to ask you what does that mean for competition like is does it
0: kind of i i don't know if it's going to completely eliminate competition but what does that do for competition in an industry
1: Oh, the same thing that's going to do competition in any type of industry in the sense of more better operational efficiency, the more that you can actually deliver what you promise to a client, you know, the, the same level of quality, the better it looks like, you know, the reliability that you're able to say, yep, this is coming. Like, Look at Amazon, right? Like, They actually say, always say that the package is coming on this day, or they give you a range between two days or whatever it is. And you know what, they usually beat that those days. I have never had a package ever show up the day that they told me it's going to come. It always comes earlier. Uh, so I always re- I can always know that.
2: And you can definitely compare notes even like if you're talking about supply chain, you can compare notes against vendors and see who is um, reacting in time for you and providing the best lead times for you. And if you give you amongst even the vendors, you can imagine what kind of competition can happen amongst the vendors themselves.
0: Yeah, so it will in some respects maybe decrease competition and some, and then in others it'll increase. So it'll be interesting to see. So, um, recently I was reading an article and it was talking about blockchain giving clearance to a driver to prevent fictitious pickups. And so I believe that this is just one of these examples in supply chain where blockchain can be used, um, to be able to prevent you know, uh, theft and, and different things like that. So what supply chain challenges will blockchain, I mean, other than the one I just mentioned, will blockchain be able to fix or prevent? Do you have some maybe real-life examples um, of how it's being used today maybe or what they're predicting to use it for the future?
2: So that's a perfect example that you brought up about um goods being picked up and ensuring that those goods are the same goods that you receive at the end um, because actually images can be stored along the blockchain. So you can take an image of, of um, the goods at its place of origin and then making sure that it was received the exact same as it, at the very end. And one example is actually IBM's provided is the, the diamond industry and taking, you know, a diamond's got its, what is it? Five C's that you've got to compare and you can, compare those same ones at the end of the day where you rec- where the actual person is purchasing it and knowing that it, it came from the origin that is truly specified on that certificate. So that's one example there um, so that you know you're receiving the, the goods that are stated on the paperwork. Um, there's other... Things that can be fixed or prevented along uh, the supply chain for sure, such as like discrepancies in records, as we keep talking about, everyone gets a view of these records. So um, those discrepancies and paperwork and human error that was mentioned, those not necessarily get eliminated because there are kind of errors always there, um, but it definitely reduces it dramatically because you have a lot of automated processes built inherently in the blockchain uh, technology, such as smart contracts and take advantage of those things. Um, The fact that data is not to be overwritten, it can't be. Um, it can be revised in the sense that a new transaction can be recorded to state that the original transaction um, was mistakenly put in or changes had been made, but it, the original transaction can never be completely overwritten. So um, that's where that trust comes in, not just from the shared ledger, but also knowing that the information that got recorded can't be overwritten at, at any point in time. Um, other things like such as the smart contracts ensure that, you know, timely and guaranteed payments can happen through smart contracts. Um, payments can be, for example, um, right now it's like you've got your accounts payable and they have to manage the paperwork to say, okay, can I reconcile and say that these goods have been delivered? They no longer have to do that. They can set these smart contracts ahead of time, put in the details of like, once the payment is, can be allocated up front, the release of those payments can then be automated to go out once the goods actually arrive to the person who purchased them rather than having to reconcile after the fact and have accounts payable issue um, payments um, post-delivery. And that can happen months and months later, whereas this can happen automatically upon delivery. And in saying that, smart contracts are not always surrounded about Payments. It doesn't have to be around payments. Um, imagine just even replenishing inventory in that sense, and uh, that a predetermined threshold for inventory can be set. For example, where it can it can just just get triggered to get replenished. Say to um, on a multi-component manufacturing process when inventory runs low, then a smart contract can can get, um, triggered to say, okay, let's get those, the, the new inventory sent in, whether that notification gets sent out straight to the vendor. You can send, it can happen on prem at a warehouse that's at your site or even to a 3PL provider. Um, and there's always concern about cybersecurity. Um, but as I said, keeping in mind that you do have control over a permissioned, um, what we call a commissioned blockchain and um, although the blockchain operates with all these shared ledgers, you still have control in the amount of decision making that can happen within this blockchain that you set up, even though the information is shared. So you can actually share as little or as much information along the supply chain as you wanted. And this is huge because every single movement within the supply chain can be recorded to, down to the minute details of the manufacturing and assembly process um, or just major, um, events within the supply chain of, as I mentioned, goods from, um, the point of origin, just getting to the logistics carrier and then to the door, it could be at that gross level, or it could be every single minute detail when you're assembling a product along the, the supply chain. Um, and, and going back like having this more holistic view Provide, provides so much that you can fix and prevent um, using blockchain and its architecture of the architecture, meaning like the blockchain infrastructure. It gives you better metrics at the end of the day, um, a better view on actual lead times, transit times. And like a, that power, again, of information gives you so much more decision-making power and be able to fix and prevent things along your supply chain and truly optimize it.
0: So it's going to give us even more data
2: that we need to mine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) More data, but trusting that data a little bit more than before. Awesome.
0: Well, so I like the example of you talking about inventory being replenished automatically. And this kind of brings me to my next question. Um, because I'm curious to know, we've talked about a few different ways, um, already, and I think maybe we can touch on those again in a little bit more detail, but how is the blockchain technology going to take the costs out of business and supply chain? So within that example that you just gave of inventory being automatically replenished through a smart contract, that brings me to, you know, sort of another point within this question, which is, you know, jobs are changing. I think everybody's seen that Indeed commercial where it talks about jobs being eliminated for through AI. Um, and I think blockchain may or may not eliminate jobs, but I think it's going to definitely change the procurement or the purchasing job, especially in that one example. So let's talk a little bit about that and maybe the costs that we're going to be taking out of business. I mean, we've talked about operational efficiency, but we're now also talking about people and jobs within that part of the business.
2: Definitely going to change the entire landscape of how we do business. Um, The information that you're given and the fact that you're able to have the um, ability to set up smart contracts, you still need someone, a person involved to set up uh, smart contracts and negotiate those contracts. But then the execution of it becomes a little bit more automatic as we talked about. And then it becomes a buyer's position to be more proactive about what they're doing, thinking a little bit more upfront of setting up those smart contracts and how we behave um, before the fact and rather, and rather than reactively. And, you know, when, when, I worked in electronics manufacturing, when a line is down and you're reacting, you're losing so much money because that manufacturing line is down, your capacity, utilization, all of that is taken into account. But if you have smart contracts set up to do these triggers, it's there, you're trying to do just in time, you're trying to do like real-time replenishment, that is built into a smart contract model already.
0: Sapna, do you have anything to maybe um, add to that about you know the costs of you know taking the cost out of the business side and maybe the jobs
1: changing? Yeah, I do because it's, it's it is a really good point about you know artificial intelligence, the bots, the blockchain, all of this different technology. You know there is that fear that there are a lot of jobs going to be eliminated. Now the truth is there are going to be some old roles that are going to get eliminated, just like anything else when it comes to automation, because the business landscape changes. However, That means there's new jobs also being created in a different type of way. And I think that's the big piece that I think other people need to be paying more attention to is that you got to understand what are those new types of skill sets that are going to be required out there and how do you get those skills to be able to to do this? Like, for example, blockchain, to Julie's point earlier, it's only been around, you know, not for very, very long. So it's really a really big time to kind of get involved. The best time to get involved right now is to learn this on the ground and and be part of something that is going to only just grow in nature so you can embrace that type of change you know the data mining i mean the data itself like we've always known heard about big data we've always heard about those things right and we how to mine it and how to tell a story and all those things but now if you look at it a little bit more differently and going hey you know what else can i do that's a little bit more different than my competitors that can give me a slighter competitive advantage or can i eliminate x y and z steps and then and have a better product and you can look at things a little bit more critical with a different type of eye because you have Better data they can actually do I used to always laugh about call centers because you know they have um, a million disconnect reasons you know why are you you know leaving Rogers or why are you leaving whatever service provider whatever provider and automatically they have to f- fill out some sort of cancellation code and the drop down box would be like twenty or thirty. Every person would always just pick the first one why because they just want to get get it out of their queue and get on to the next thing and they're being measured on average handle time so the data that people used to get and when they were looking at reports going oh they're not happy with this it was never actually accurate right it was just they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. This is giving you a different ability that like you're really going to understand exactly what's actually happening because it's happening. You get it in basically near real time. I mean, it, okay, we'll, we'll never say real time because being from a technology perspective, nothing's ever 100% at real time. But it's at near real time. So they're talking about 5-10 minutes of a difference because um, they got to do batch uploads and so on. But there are so many different opportunities that are going to be created. And it's really exciting because you're going to have much more information, richer content, more possibilities, more opportunities to explore. And it's just going to make things a lot more exciting. But you kind of have to kind of change your mindset. And everyone has to change their mindset about the less of the fear. It was these roles and all these things were going to disappear a long time ago. And we've just like natural course of business, you know, it's just a normal business life cycle. You look at jobs that our parents had, you know, 20 years ago, they no longer existed. And that's not because of technology. That's just because the nature of the business changed. But this right now, blockchain has so many opportunities to explore and it's just, just getting started. So yes, now's the time.
0: And and I think another way to maybe, you know, take a look at it as well is I think, you know, everybody is overwhelmed. You know, there is like the costs are going up in business. More and more companies are coming down on their employees to do more and more work. And they're doing, in some cases, they're doing more than one job. And I think in this case, if they're able to bring in certain um, aspects of technology like blockchain, then they're going to be able to do the job that they were hired for and the job that they do best. And they're going to be able to focus on that, you know, core competency that they bring to the corporation. So, you know, it's not all fear. It's, it's not all, you know, doom and gloom. I think there's a couple of different ways to take a look at it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And to your point, a business is a business. They're there to either increase their top line or they increase their bottom line. And when I say by bottom line, I'm talking about the margins, the the EBIT, you know, the after tax. And how do you take that is by taking out some of the operational inefficiencies that have always been around. So it's an exciting time. And I again I always you know encourage people to look ahead at things and see where can you get those additional skills that and predict a little, do some research to see how you get ahead. Because if you already know that there's a potential that your role or area of discipline may evolve to something different because of the technology or whatever it is, okay, go. All right, That's great. That's going to happen in three years. Okay. Now I've got three years of a lead time that is going to allow me to build X, Y, and Z skills. And I'm going to get, get a, you know, put it together a plan. And there's tons of people that can help you do that. So it's, it's but it is a very exciting space because there's going to be tons of new roles that are going to end up getting created just because there's just going to be so much more maturity of information that we're going to have.
0: Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about that maturity in blockchain um, so far. You know, where are we in the blockchain movement? Um, You guys mentioned that, you know, it started back in 2008. You know, people are still exploring the technology. Some people are saying that most companies that are dabbling in blockchain are still in beta stage and that it's the least mature technology. What do you guys think?
2: We're definitely still at the education phase Um, for a lot of people, just awareness of blockchain and understanding what blockchain is. Um, There's few people that are ahead of the game, as we talked about that have had experience applying what blockchain is all about, but we're, in general, a lot of people still in the education and awareness phase at this point.
1: Agreed. And the other thing is too, a lot of these companies are now are open to even trying, just exploring small pilots to see if it can work. And and part of that education and awareness process, because a pilot is a great way to kind of see the parameters that could set, what other types of things, if it's going to work, how to scale it, if this is the right thing, is it's a great time to be experiment a little bit with it.
0: Yeah, so I think if companies are going to invest in it, and that brings me to my next next question, but if they are going to invest in it, they need to keep that in mind. Um, because the companies that they're working with um are also learning. So they'll be investing in that learning, not only for themselves, but potentially for the cut co- the company that they're gonna work with um to, to bring in the blockchain technology to their company. So um on the supply chain side, do shippers or logistics company companies have to invest in this technology now. Like we talked about, you know, what that looks like um, in business, what it's going to do to business. We talked about who to go to if you are interested in doing some of those tests and things like that. But, you know, when is the right time to do it? And should shippers and logistics companies specifically look at um, implementing and investing some of this technology now?
2: I believe that everybody should be at least investigating and not necessarily implementing because, again, blockchain is not the solve-all magical um, solution to supply chain and logistics. Um, It really needs to be investigated, and education is key, as we just talked about, um, to see what is involved and to see whether it's the right solution or not for you. Um, But definitely is trending towards uh, blockchain is being a key solution to shipping and logistics at this point. But again, treading lightly, making sure that it is truly for your business and whether or not it's um, something that should definitely be in, invested in uh, long-term.
0: So, yeah, because a couple of things that I've, I've, you know, sort of read up about, and I guess it's something for, for companies to, to think about. So shippers and logistics are always logistics companies. They're always looking at, the technology aspect of their business, especially on the logistics, uh, you know, service provider side, right? Because shippers are always looking for, um, new and better technology from their service providers. And so I, I think I'm just going to interject here and say, you know, it's something to think about when you're investing in a new ERP system or, you know, a WMS system, things like that to really understand who you're going to choose to partner with on the technology side, what their bandwidth is and where they're going with their technology. You know, do they have the capabilities to maybe implement blockchain technologies and things like that?
1: Agreed, agreed. And the other part I would add to that is, is you know, when you're looking at the requirements of gathering all those different requirements, also kind of look ahead of what the future requirements are really going to look like. Like, What are? And I go back to the words of use cases. Like, what are the potential scenarios that you want to make sure there's functionality that's going to be there? So not just think about things of your business as is. Look at it for you know the future state of what you want it to look like. Um, Because we always get trapped in the you know, yes, but it doesn't work currently. Yes, but what does that? What do you want that experience to? feel like what do you want that piece to look like look at it from that future perspective
2: right it's like a relationship it's like is that technology you're going to adopt is that relationship that you're going to start with technology going to grow with you and evolve with you
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I've been like I said, I've been reading some articles about, you know, blockchain and supply chain because I want to get obviously more familiar with it um, as I move into what we're doing with ships and and that blockchain is going to be a part of that. And so some of the current challenges that have um, come up in some of my research for blockchain in supply chain right now, you know, talent is scarce. So I guess because we've been talking about this being, you know, sort of that least mature tech, you know, we're still in beta stage, things like that. What is that talent pool look like on the blockchain side? And is that something that companies need to consider?
2: there's the talent pool is definitely something that companies need to consider again research the credentials of who you're working with um whether or not they've applied their education in some way to uh to blockchain technology and implementing it somewhere um and also the talent pool is actually there's a huge demand right now for developers for blockchain because it's such a new technology and the the coding and programming that goes into it is so different from other technologies. Yes, it does integrate with existing technologies, but the specifics behind blockchain and its architecture is still under, um, it's, it's in its infancy.
0: Yeah. And it was something else that came up for me as well was that there's no standards yet. So, um, I think that's also, proving to be a bit of a challenge in blockchain, probably in general, but blockchain for supply chain, um, as well. From what I understand, large companies getting involved on the blockchain side help to set the standards. Is that right?
2: Yes, yeah, so it's definitely that way because everybody's kind of got their own platform that they're building. There's a million different platforms out there, millions exaggerating. But of course, there's so many different platforms that are being built, just like we have programming languages. There are so many different languages that do the same thing. Um, it's the same with blockchain. There's just different approaches in which they, they build the blockchain technology itself.
0: Okay. And for supply chain specifically, um, I also read that the supply chain process is less, uh, latent, um, than Bitcoin. So it's going to take, it's going to take miners longer. Can you sort of explain that a little bit?
2: So there's an ecosystem that operates within the blockchain that determines the transaction time and latency that you speak about. And that actually is different to each platform and how they set that up. Um, it just determines how much information that they decide to what block together. <laughs> That's where the block comes from is the number of transactions that are grouped together in a block and how much meaning like storage that takes within that block. So the more that they store within a block, the longer it takes for a transaction to occur.
0: Okay. So I guess because the supply chain process is quite lengthy, right? Cause you're going from, you can go from sourcing and procurement all the way to last mile delivery.
2: True. That is too. That is also true in the sense of the entire supply chain itself, but transactions along the supply chain don't have to be, um, take up that latency that it has to wait from the origin of the supply chain all the way to the very end of it. So transactions within the supply chain can be quick. The entire, of course, just like it is naturally now, um, collecting that information from start to finish is, is, uh, is lengthy.
0: Interesting. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that sort of breaks it down for listeners as well. You know, supply chain is... Again, from sourcing and procurement all the way to last mile delivery, and if you're going to tackle that as a whole, you know that's going to take a lot longer than you know breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. So something else to consider when you're looking at implementing or or doing some research on blockchain and and where to start in your supply chain, right? You, I know Sapna um, talked about reviewing the supply chain and where the gaps are, and and um, you know taking a look at what's more important in your business and where to start. So I think that's something really important to consider. So I have loved talking to you ladies today, and I am a little sad that we are coming to the end. But my last question for you is, you know, what does the future look like in the world of blockchain and supply chain?
1: Oh, you know what? For, from my perspective, the possibilities are endless. There's just so much happening. There's so much flexibility. There's so many more things that are about to come. It's just, it's an exciting time. This technology really is a bit of a game changer for a lot of areas.
2: I completely echo Sapna's comment there. And um blockchain can, just the fact that blockchain can be used across any industry. It's not purely cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, etc. It's really truly can be adopted by pretty much any industry out there.
0: Awesome. But we're like, I know that we're sort of just in the beta stage, but you know, what, what's the next two to five years look like?
1: Honestly, it's uh, I don't even know how to answer that because you know you can't even tell what the next you know year is going to look like. First of all, the blockchain. There's so many countries that are already using it. Estonia is a great example. They are so ahead of the curve beyond belief. Even here on the healthcare, healthcare. Think about it. Canada government, you know, you know, U.S. government. They're starting to investigate about healthcare in terms of digital records. You know, small business financing is coming up. It was new ways of financing and getting loans for things without using the banks or whatever. You know, um, charity events, you know, they're looking at how to deploy different types of, you know, services and food and and so on to different areas that are, you know, the right types of pieces, and they can see that, and it's it's crazy. It could be, you could use it in so many different scenarios. It's just so mind-blowing that it's just going to be, it's just going to be a new revolution.
2: And the fact that it can be integrated with other technologies, it's just, it definitely is infinite possibilities. Where,
0: um, where can people go to, to sort of stay on top of new trends and, and things that are happening in blockchain? Do you have sort of a go-to website or, or something that you can share?
1: Oh, there's a couple. There's the Block Geeks. There's the, um, there's that. There's, you know what? We could put a couple of different links together. I mean, the news, I read a lot of the newspapers um, itself. Deloitte's got some pretty interesting things. IBM, uh, the Blockchain Hub's a really great source. They've got some great uh, conversation and seminars and conferences that are happening all over the place. Um, there's global conferences as well that are happening in different places. And, you know, and t- talking to people, like, let's not forget, people are have different types of stories like you know i was talking to one lady and she's comes from a legal uh, background and she's doing this all about the small smart contracts she sees things in a very different perspective that you know i I will ever see so i think getting out there and talking to people but you know researching but uh, again information changes all the time so you got to stay a little bit of you know put put some put invest some time into reading every day and Definitely. listening to the Can Innovate podcast. Obviously, why did I forget to plug that in? <laughs> actually, it's funny but you say that because almost every fourth episode by accident is on blockchain. And one of the listeners actually asked me, say, is this turning into a blockchain uh, podcast? And I'm like, no, it's it just happens to be every industry happens to be utilizing or looking to leverage the blockchain technology. So yeah, so listening to this podcast, Podcast is the other piece that everyone has to do too. Oh, thank you, thank
0: you, Zap. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think maybe if you guys can send me some links for the listeners, I'd love to be able to put that on the podcast page as well. Just different places that you guys go to stay on top of what's happening. You know, um, in maybe supply chain for you, Julie, and then on the blockchain side as well.
1: A- Excellent.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Sapna and Julie. I think we have just broken the blockchain hype into more manageable, bite, byte, B-Y-T-E. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
0: will have a free download about blockchain at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season 2 dash episode 15 plus all of the links and more information about Sapna and Julie. Make sure to subscribe to Sapna's Can Innovate podcast, my episode is going to launch next week and I talk more about ships so make sure you go and check that out. Um, I will also have that on the homepage at my website as well, let's talk with the link. So Sapna and Julie, where can my listeners connect with you?
1: We well, can email me at Supna at digiruptor.io uh, or you can email me at supna at caninnovate.io so I'm accessible there or always on LinkedIn. I love talking to people. And-
2: and your listeners can find me, Julie Shum. Um, you can definitely find me through LinkedIn, Julie Shum, J U L I E S H U M, or through my Twitter handle, which is Beyond Y Y Z.
0: That's awesome, and we will have all of those links on that podcast page as well. So once again such an amazing conversation. I don't have you guys as a part of the, the Women in Supply Chain series because I wanted to keep blockchain sort of on its own. But I can tell you that you guys are honorary members of Women in Supply Chain series because you are some amazing powerhouse women doing some amazing things in blockchain and podcasting and supply chain in general. So thank you once again, Sapna and Julie. Thank you, Sarah, for having us. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) If you liked this episode, check out Season 2, Episode 7, as we talk more about blockchain with Mike from GreenStream and how they're using it in the cannabis supply chain. Remember to go to ships.com, S-H-I-P-Z.com, so you will be one of the first to know about our ICO and launch of our new supply chain platform. I am featuring listeners on my episodes, so make sure to go rate and review the show on iTunes or Or you can even email me a review and let me know what you think about the show. If there's any upcoming topics and things that you want to learn more about or people you want to learn from in supply chain, please email me at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, everybody, ship happens.